Welcome back, Crack fans. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Thieneman. Hope you all enjoy the premiere of the Great Shop podcast as much as we did this past Wednesday. Those guys are just full of energy and so much fun to listen to, and you never know what debates they're going to get into. But I personally really enjoyed their Dream Team basketball starting five of ATP players. Um, Kyrgios would for sure be my number one pick, I think, his game. And his athleticism definitely would translate to the hardwood. But anyway, uh, go subscribe to the Great Shot Podcast if you haven't already. Go listen to the premiere episode. They will have new content and a new show dropping for you every Wednesday. So go check that out. Go subscribe to the Great Shot Podcast. Also, our CTO and producer, Daniel Westoff, just announced last week that the Cracked Rackets online store is finally live. So go grab one of our shirts now at CrackedRackets.com. Uh, we're doing a free shipping promotion for a limited time, so go grab those while we still have them. But until then, this edition of the Cracked Interviews is going to be another fantastic one for your Cracked fans. We have a blue chip prospect and a top-ranked junior in the 2019 class, Taylor Johnson, on the show with us this week. Taylor talks about her summer 17 success capped off at the Junior U.S. Open, her mentor and friend Billie Jean King, the great Billie Jean King and their relationship and how she balances tennis school and a social life. So uh, Taylor really gives us an inside um, scoop and insight into what it's like to be an elite level junior player these days and the grind of her daily schedule. So enjoy my conversation with Taylor. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you originally got into tennis. I got into tennis. I was six when I started playing. I like I played every sport when I was younger. My dad was um, a professional basketball player. So I played basketball, soccer, softball, volleyball, every sport when I was younger. And I wanted to just, I guess, I don't know, I think I saw it on TV and I wanted to try it. And so I got into a program, like, I think it was called Tiny Tots. And um, I don't know, it's pretty, like, I, like, it clicked. Like, I thought I was, like, pretty good. It was, like, fun. It wasn't my favorite sport, for sure, though, until I was, like, 11 so that's kind of how I got into it so were you continuing like playing all the rest of the sports until then I yeah I played all the sports and then I kind of just kept dropping like one off as time went along because I like I was getting more serious about tennis but um my like main three were soccer tennis and basketball when I was like growing up and then I stopped playing basketball and then I had to choose like I chose between soccer and tennis when I was 10 or 11 and I chose tennis I was like they asked me if I wanted to go on the club soccer team and then I was like then that's when I made the decision to just play tennis yeah was your dad pushing basketball a little bit since he played professionally I mean he was like he was my basketball coach 
I think he knew that I was probably the best at tennis out of all those. And I could probably go farther, you know, in the sport than like uh, basketball. So, yeah, he was fine with me playing tennis. (laughs) (laughs) Where did he play professionally? He was uh, drafted for the Clippers and then he ended up like not starting. So then he went to uh, Europe and played uh, basketball in like Switzerland. Oh, nice. Nice. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so at like 10 or 11, did it all, it sounds like, you know, tennis was just natural, came really natural to you at, at 10 and 11. Was that when it all clicked or was it kind of the first thing at the, the tennis tots or whatever? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I liked it, but it wasn't, it definitely wasn't my favorite or like my priority at the beginning. I think, yeah, when I was like nine, 10, that's when like it became my favorite. Yeah, well, because when you're little, you, you're trying everything, and you know your parents kind of throw you into the fire a little bit to see yeah, which one. Exactly. You know. <laughs> yeah, so ten or eleven, you you choose tennis. Was there like a tournament result that like stood out to you that once you went down to the one sport really stood out to you in the early going there? So I grew up in like a really small town, and so I would like drive in Arizona, and so I'd drive to Phoenix to play tournaments because that's where I'd go, or that's where all the tournaments were. And so I remember, I I don't think I won a match for the first six months playing in Phoenix. I really don't think I did. Really? <laughs> like, just, like, from a small town, like, I just, like, had no idea, like, what the competition was like. Yeah. So I don't know if there was, like, a defining match for sure, but Billie Jean King is my mentor. So that's pretty cool. I met her when I was, like, around 10. So I think that definitely was inspiring to play tennis. Oh, I'm sure. Wait, so she's, she's your mentor, one of your mentors. How, like... How often do you touch base with her? How often do you get the chance to talk with her? Um, we talk probably every week. Like when I'm in New York, I stay with her. So yeah, we're very close. Like we're family. We're very yeah, close. that's awesome. How did you initially get connected with her then? So like, again, I was like in the small town. There's like, I think 40,000 people that live there. And I was playing on the high school courts. And my dad was at the gym. And her mother lived there. Like out of like what are the odds of that and my dad ran into her at the gym one day and he's like you got to come see my daughter play you know like i'm sure she (laughs) gets that all the time but then she she put her number in um her shoe so our our number in her shoe and i guess she said that's like a good thing she told me now like now that i'm older she said and then she one day she just showed up and watched from like the back and i didn't even know she was there and then she came on the court and then we just like developed such a good relationship from the beginning. So her mom showed up or her like no, Billy? She did. Billy showed up. Like it wasn't that day. It was like um, a little bit like a week after or like a little, cause she had to leave the next day when my dad met her. But then when she came back, um, she showed up at the courts. Like I actually, it might've been a month. Yeah. So it was, so she remembered and she showed up. And I just remember, like, my like my dad like, came up to me. He's like, do you know who that is? And, like, I had a feeling, obviously. And, like, me and my coach were so excited, I remember. <laughs> I can't even imagine that moment right there. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> I mean, I was so young. Like, I, I guess I didn't really realize, like, how big she is in the sport at that age, I believe. Like, I was... Yeah, sure. Wait, so as your mentor, like, what are you... Like, I guess, what are your biggest takeaways from Billy thus far in your career? And, and what are the, the biggest components of, of her advice that translate on the court for you? I mean, honestly, I think everything she says is like pretty valuable to me. 
Like she's so personable and um, I just really like to learn from her stories and how she handled situations and like, cause she's obviously been through it all with uh, like on the court. And so she's, she's always encouraging me to keep learning. And so that, I think that's definitely a big thing. Yeah. Have you emulated her game at all? Or is it more yeah, like the I like yeah. the net a lot, so that's definitely another thing that sticks out. Yeah, I'm sure that's awesome. So take us kind of through your summer schedule. I know you've been on the road quite a bit, as you said earlier. Like even back to starting in May, like where have you been this summer, and where were your highlights? In May, like I I played some pro tournaments in Florida, and then I went straight to Europe from there. I played a tournament, two tournaments in Italy, one junior, one professional, and then I played the French, and then I came home for a week, so that was six weeks on the road. I came home for a week, and then I went back for... um, Junior Wimbledon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So was this your second year playing all the the junior tournaments? Because I know you you said you played the Junior U.S. Open last year. uh, Last year, I played Junior Wimbledon and Junior U.S. Open. So talk us through a little bit, I guess... Even being at the facilities, is it just a pretty surreal experience being there? Yeah, it's definitely like amazing to be surrounded by like um, like such great players and they treat you so well. Uh, yeah, it's definitely like a good environment. It's pretty inspiring. Yeah, which which surface or which tournament do you prefer with Junior Wimbledon and, and the Junior French? I mean, I like both because I do like clay and grass. So I guess I don't know. They're so different. Like I think I like Wimbledon better. Yeah, the just the, the whole, like, feel and vibe of the tournament or grass yeah, specifically? Sure. Yeah, the whole, just, like, how that's, like, the original, and it's, like, just so, like, classy, and, like, there's so much history there. Because mm-hmm. I've been, I've personally been to the French and then, you know, Flushing Meadows in, in New York, but haven't been to Wimbledon yet, and that's, like, you know, top of the list for yeah, any like big tennis player, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's such a classy vibe there. But you also had a pretty good outing, uh, actually an incredible outing at the Nike International Tournament in England as well. Was that the lead up before Junior Wimbledon? Oh, yeah, that was the lead. We played, um, this is actually kind of a crazy story. We played um, a tournament a team tournament before we go for like if like usta took me and so we played a um, friendly with great britain and so that was fun and we played like matches on the, the day that we got there we played matches and so that was tough we had no practice on the grass and then we went to the nike roehampton and that was a good run yeah i played a lot of good players and uh beat some good players and then we got to the finals of the doubles i really like that tournament it's it's pretty nice yeah who did you play with and doubles there. Uh, I played with Claire Liu. Okay. It sounds like you've had a, an incredible year for doubles then. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, leading up to the Junior U.S. Open, you also played the, was it the Prince George International yeah. Tournament? Was that That's in College Park, right, in Maryland? Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened there? I lost in the third round. I mean, I lost to a really good player, so I wasn't upset, but, like, like I was hoping I could have done a little better. Yeah. Did you play doubles there as well? Yeah, I think we got to the semifinals. Yes, yeah, semifinals. Nice, nice. Who and did you play with the same partner? No, I played with a girl named Sophia Sewing. How how does that work with doubles? I mean, I know it probably depends on uh who's all playing the tournament each time, you know, being over in Europe and then coming back, but 
Is there, do you have a reoccurring partner that you like to play with and you prefer I to mean, play with? Uh, Claire and I played almost the whole summer together. So that I, I really like playing with her. How do you know Claire? Like when did you first get connected with Claire? Um, we trained together. So when we, I moved to California when I was like 11 and then we started training together at the UCA National Center in Carson. Mm-hmm. And so we've been training together since we were like 11 years old. Yeah. And are you both? you know, affiliated and, and sponsored by the USCA and both have been training there since you were 11, 12? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So what does that partnership entail? Like what are you um, provided coaches by the USCA to travel to, you know, say the friendly and Europe and that kind of thing? Or is it kind of um, yeah. a loose partnership? What's the affiliation there? I mean, I train there every day. So that's like my main coach is the USTA coach. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty involved with the USTA. Remind me who's all out there in terms of like the players out there, um, the junior like and, and senior. Me, uh, like Claire will come. There's like Ashley Kratzer. And then there's always some pros that are there. Uh, it's not too busy. Yeah, that's basically I guess everyone kind of just drops in whenever they're in town. And so there's always like good people to hit with. Yeah. Was there ever a time when that was like mind blowing to you to see a pro up, up close like that? Like, yeah, especially when I first got there. Cause like when I was like 11, like they were all so like nice and like welcoming and stuff. So it was definitely like something like cool for me. Like I was like, yeah, I was like, wow, this is so cool, you know, but now like I'm kind of used to like, now it's normal. Yeah pros and stuff so it's it's pretty fun yeah I bet. <laughs> so um any anything in particular that you're working on uh developing a weapon on the court pitting wise or anything like that before yeah i mean i'm definitely working on my serve and trying to play more like because i'm left-handed so definitely like using my leftiness to play yeah um, Get that lefty spin and like the angle. Yeah, for sure. And working yeah. on my forehand. Yeah. Like with the serve and the forehand, are you working on like a one two punch a little bit, getting that lefty yeah. spin, especially on yeah. the ad side? And- yeah, I guess working on like patterns, working on like strategy things, definitely. Any short term goals that you have? I know you're in the 2019 class, so now coaches can kind of officially reach out to you. So is there yeah, anything that they have been? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Um, any anywhere in particular that you're looking in or any coaches that you've talked I, to lately? I honestly have no idea. I like I haven't really been talking too much to like we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a smart smart answer there. Um, I'm, like there's been like I it's like so awesome to have all these schools contacting me, but I haven't really got in touch with many of them yet. I mean, I'm going to leave that option open, but, like, hopefully I want to go pro. Yeah, yeah. And you have some time, too. It's not like you're, like, on a time crunch here to make a decision either, right? Yeah, it's good that I have some time. Yeah. So after, you know, that rigorous summer schedule, do you have, you know, a lot of traveling coming up this fall, or are you going to stick to training here locally? It's not that bad. Um, This month I'm just going to be training. I need just like a little time to just train because it's been on the road so much. And then I'm going to head to South Carolina for some pro tournaments. And then I'm going to probably head to Mexico uh, in November to play a tournament, a junior tournament. 
And then maybe like a couple more pro tournaments at the end of the year. I think not too many more tournaments for the rest of this year. So you're you're going to play the ITF in Columbia, South Carolina, you said? Is that? Um, no, I'm playing, or yeah, there's two pro tournaments, like, yeah, 25,000s I'm playing in um, South Carolina. Nice, nice. How is, and this is something that's not really talked about a lot, um, but how is juggling school and the you know the the crazy schedule of of the travel schedule of a of a tennis player at your level and then also your you know social schedule how do you have time for everything yeah it's it's like super tough like actually just before this i had a two hour long tutor so um i mean yeah it's definitely tough but like it's really nice to be like homeschooled because then you like you don't like you can be on the road and do school and it's definitely not as much as like a regular high school kid would get uh, mm-hmm. so but I think I do a pretty good job of balancing like tennis and then like school and like having fun too do you do uh Laurel Springs online or I do Connections Academy it's okay. thing. yeah and how long have you done that is that like all throughout high school or did you start yeah, even earlier? yeah I mean I I started homeschool when I was in sixth grade but like I've been doing connections like for high school so with connections, are you, is it very similar to Laurel Springs in terms of like, if you have a big tournament and you're going to be traveling on the road the next two weeks, you can work ahead. And yeah, get the exactly. Okay. The same. Nice. Do you ever have like any motivational issues, I guess, um, like crunching oh goodness, in yeah. two days of, <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. No, for sure. Sometimes like, like last semester I got home, I had like two days to get like so much done. Like it's sometimes... Like it, it can be either um, you get ahead and like you're like okay let's do it or you get really behind on the road <laughs> and then you have to crunch time it. Yeah, I'm sure it's got to be in a lot. Seriously, a lot of people don't talk about that element, and I'm sure you know you're talking to people on you know on your same level and at the high highest level, but a lot of people don't talk about the time management skills necessary to be traveling this much. Exactly. What's been the hardest thing? Or component of your schedule to get to this point i think the hardest thing is like i guess the traveling and being away from home and yeah that's probably the hardest thing uh from and like i guess like the tough losses are, is the toughest thing as well yeah i'm but, sure yeah because you have to bounce back pretty quick too right yeah I mean, exactly but there's always a tournament the next week so that's good <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's something that most people don't know about Taylor Johnson? I'm trying to learn to surf right now. That's Oh no what? Yeah, I went surfing yesterday. It was kind of a fail, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going out with like other people that surf? Or are you going out with like a um, like me an instructor? And my yesterday. And oh, so nice. It's, we, I have like a board. It's like a, it's a, it's like a tiny board. It's for like professional surfers. I don't know where we, I don't remember like getting it, but like, I don't know. We have this board and it's like tiny. And so it's not a good board for learning, but I don't know. We had fun. <laughs> Was it like surfable? Did you all have like a like pretty good wave? Yeah. The waves are great. It was like, it's been like a while since I've actually been able to get in the water and like just relax. So it was super fun. Yeah, I bet, I bet. Tell us a little bit about your uh, your cracked racket situation. It's only been two, <laughs> not too many. Two throughout your whole yep, just your whole two. career. Mm-hmm. And 
And what were this? I mean, did they slip out of your hand, or were they both? In oh no, it was after the match. After the match. <laughs> how how recently? They were all like at least a year ago. I don't know. I haven't done one in a me. Okay, actually three, three. Yeah, because <laughs> there was one recently. Yeah, it was like earlier in the year. I was just like, it was like I came home from a tournament and I was just like mad, and so I just I was like, I'm going to crack this racket. <laughs> Sometimes you have to let out your frustrations, though, right? I mean, it's. Yeah. I don't know if it's worth it, but. Well, it's, yeah, it's usually never worth it, but. I, I definitely don't plan on doing it often. <laughs> yeah. And it's usually not like, at least for me and for other people I've talked to, it's usually not like that match right after or even a tournament. It's a buildup of like multiple tournaments or multiple oh, losses sure. <laughs> where you're just and you can't i mean you know it happens it's part of the game but bringing back you said again your your mentor is is one of your mentors is billy jean king yeah so while you were out in new york for the for the u.s open you stayed with her i stayed with her for a night like before the tournament and then they gave you hospitality so yeah most of your comment or conversations dominated by tennis or at this point it's probably just you know laid back like anybody else it's late yeah it's definitely laid back it's like it's not it's just about everything about life about literally just everything we talk about everything i'm like so close with her that i can just like yeah just go for go to her for anything and it's pretty yeah yeah that's a pretty cool resource i didn't realize you all had that relationship is there anything that she's given you tips wise or, or recommendations for taking your game to the pro level because that's a big jump there from juniors to college but all the way to the to the highest level in the pros. yeah sure i mean she just tells me to stay in the process and just keep working for it every day i don't like just every i can't pick out like one thing that she said but i think just all of it's very valuable yeah well, um, we don't want to take up too much of your time, so we're going to move over to the rapid-fire segment of the podcast. I don't know if you've heard this, but I'll ask you uh, five to ten questions here, and um, you'll answer with one word. And okay. uh, Are you ready to rock? Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, favorite snack on the court? Almonds. Who's your favorite tennis player? Probably Kim Kleisers. <laughs> If you were forced to give up a stroke in tennis, what would it be? Like the tweener or something. <laughs> uh, favorite thing to do in your spare time, non-tennis related? Go to the beach. Best tennis court surface? Clay. Most entertaining player on the tour right now? I, the answer is probably pretty like common. Like probably Kyrgios. <laughs> <laughs> favorite TV show or documentary? uh office and friends there you go both on netflix by the way well done uh, <laughs> favorite song right now uh any song by john mayer <laughs> there you go he's he's on tour right now actually yeah um, <laughs> did you where at yeah, it was great <laughs> uh favorite sports star non-tennis related kobe bryant Oh, nice. Uh, finish this sentence. My favorite thing about a fresh can of tennis balls is? The smell. Awesome. Hey, Taylor, thank you so much again. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. 
That was a fun one, Crack fans. Thanks for listening to my chat with number one player in the 2019 class, Taylor Johnson. She's had an impressive junior career uh, thus far, to say the least. And with Billie Jean King as her mentor, the sky's the limit. All the best to Taylor going into her junior year and with all the big decisions on the horizon. So uh, thanks again, Taylor, for coming on. We can't wait to see what's in store for you this next year. But next week, we have IU commit Patrick Fletchall, Notre Dame junior Danny Rail, and on the horizon, we have UVA commit Will Woodall, Ohio State freshman John McNally, ATP pro and former USC assistant coach Deaton Bauman and many, many more to come. So we appreciate all of your support as always. We couldn't do it without you, Crack fans. Go subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and go like the Facebook page if you haven't already. Also, don't forget to rate and review our podcast at iTunes and go check out the Great Shop podcast if you haven't already. We'll see you next time, Crack fans, with Patrick Fletchall. The father didn't stop now, and not a prince of anything. Go take on a kill, then he won't have been so powerful. The chip at you, I read your skin of everything is confusing. You will be good, but you will be more. You will be good, but you will be more.